0: Crystal Tire Information Whiskey two one five three zero Wind 060 at 5. 060 Mike Juliet, the departure radar contact.
1: Weather information from Minnesota available on flight service
0: frequency. You've dialed in the Flying Midwest podcast, connecting aviators from across America's heartland. Sharing news, information, and events from around the region. Sit back, relax, and join our crew for some hangar talk as we discuss a wide variety of regional aviation, aviation topics. 8 8 7, 1 1 5 5 and now, from our home at the Anoka County Blaine Airport, our checklist is complete, and we're ready for departure for another episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. What is going on, everyone? Jim
2: here with the Flying Midwest Podcast, so happy you're able to join us. On this episode, we're talking Girls in Aviation Day. We'll be joined by former guests Amber Peterson and Lena Carlson with the Stars of the North Chapter of Women in Aviation International. They'll talk with us about WAI as well as what to expect at this year's event. So strap in and let's take off into this episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Flying Baby West Podcast. I am Jim. With me is Maddie. Good Hello, day. Maddie.
1: Hello. Good day. Change in changing frequencies. Day. Good day. <laughs> it's Renaissance Festival season. What do you want?
2: Oh, okay. That's fair. All right. I don't know about you down in Missouri, but it has been hot, hot, hot up here in Minnesota the last week.
1: How dare you?
2: Did I say Missouri? Did oh, you do I've that accident? <laughs> I did oh my god
1: really rise out of me. I was like no, how dare because... you how dare you insinuate I would go anywhere near Missouri
2: <laughs> let's try that all over again
1: no no no
2: oh I gotta leave it now and just embarrass myself that I I totally know where Maddie lives it's Wichita Missouri
1: Wichita Missouri
2: <laughs> which is yeah. near Arkansas City Oklahoma yep
1: <laughs> hey I'm not I stand my ground on that one I think it was silly
2: Our patron, the Burns Bug Blender, is gonna just—he's gonna hit both of us for this. So, um, back to what I was trying to say—it's been hotter than the Dickens up here.
1: Yeah, it's been even hotter down. Well, actually, what was it today for you guys? I
2: don't remember what it was today, but like Tuesday, it was upper nineties and like I think a thousand percent humidity. I went outside, and you know how—yeah, you know how when you go outside, sometimes when you wear glasses and they fog over. Yeah. For, um, my eyeballs did that because it was so hot and steamy out
1: <laughs> it used to happen to me in Florida I don't miss that
2: yeah I, now I know why I don't live in Florida that yeah and... oh
1: I know why I don't live in Florida but living in Kansas not Missouri in Kansas <laughs> well I'm sure Missouri's hot too oh my gosh it's been I think we had three or four days stretch that was over 105 every day okay so it's finally calmed down a little bit it was only 103 today Still not great, but it, it is akin to walking into an oven. Yeah, it's t- it's literally too hot for humidity to exist.
2: It just <laughs> <laughs> just cooks off right away, or what? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, we'll that to people in Florida.
1: Well, they have they've made their own bed. I can...
2: <laughs> so there's all kinds of people who are listening to this and going, "What in the hell are they talking about?" Yeah, it's been hot. Um, not a lot of flying for me.
1: Yeah, I actually haven't been doing a lot of flying either. It's just been too hot. I've been doing a lot of grounds and sims for my own sanity.
2: I actually did a ground this week.
1: Did you? What did you talk yep. about?
2: Um, I was teaching a little bit about um, aircraft instruments and not instrument flying, just the instruments themselves, the basics of it, and and the engine gauges. Awesome. Helping to learn about the health of your engine, things like that. So all comes into play. Here's a question. What do you think What's of that? Mike Bush? Mike Bush, is that the baked beans guy. Bush's baked beans.
1: That's very funny, but no, he's the engine guy.
2: Engine guy. It doesn't. Why he's is the that? He's like a bell?
1: aggressively a fan of Lena Peak, and yeah, I mean, I don't have an opinion on him, but he's apparently very divisive.
2: Okay, I I guess I don't know who he is. I've heard the debate Lena Peak, Richard Peak. Um, I thought you were supposed to just leave it full rich all the time. Is that not right?
1: Yeah, you guys go through probably uh,
2: about
1: 20 spark plugs a year,
2: huh? Um, We actually, I I mentioned that only because on the way back from Oshkosh, uh, my partner in crime in the plane um, had to land before her intended destination because of some engine troubles that um, were potentially spark plug related. So I don't remember the the official diagnosis, but um, suffice to say, some things got tuned up a little bit in the engine and we're going to. We're reviewing how we've been leading the aircraft in general. Uh, we don't have an EGT gauge in there that's it's operational, so it's you know pull it back till it and then put a little bit more in. So
1: it's kind of the old school way to do it. That's, that's how I
2: was taught. That's what we got. So that's what we get to work with. So um no, just making sure that we're being really diligent about that, and we have been doing a lot of training in it. So I mean, there's plenty of times where we're working the pattern. You're running full rich a lot, and
1: yeah, I've made the executive decision every. It's not often, but sometimes when it just gets so 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 hot, it's like I'm pulling this bad boy back a little bit. This is this is full rich. We're just pulling it back a little bit, just so yeah. we don't run super rich. That's like
2: not great. So Yep. And that's kind of what we're gonna start doing too. So the more you learn about the healthier engine. So Indeed. There we go. Before you know. Okay, so we did news and events last time. We are in a stretch of time where we're putting out episodes just about weekly. So this is another well, one of those. So no sense in trying to dig up a whole bunch of news and events for uh week after week after week. We'll do that about every other week. So we're gonna skip that this time. And uh y'all get a reprieve from Oshkosh. We've been talking about that every week for I think the last month and a half. So no airventure this time. And now it's time for something completely different. than a Monty Python thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: something at least akin to that.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You want to tell us what we're talking about, Maddie?
1: This episode, we are going to be talking about Girls in Aviation Day, which is an international event held by local women in aviation chapters, which is super awesome. So we're going to be talking with Amber Peterson and Mina Carlson. So we've had Amber on before. It's going to be awesome having her on again. And a new face, which is going, you're not going to see because this is a (laughs) audio-only podcast. (laughs) Mina Carlson, who is... Uh, who works for MinDot, so Minnesota Department of Transportation.
2: Yeah, they've got a lot to tell us about not just Girls in Aviation Day, but women in Aviation International. So we look forward to chatting with them in just a few minutes.
1: But before we can get to the meat and potatoes, we have to afford our meat and potatoes.
2: <laughs> and now for our ad read. That's it. a good point. We do have to pay for the meat and potatoes of the episode, and we don't have the time to stand in those uh, old-timey Depression-era bread lines. Is it well breadline soup kitchens?
1: Yeah, yeah, was all part of the part of the gig. <laughs> so we're here to head into another recession, so in order to keep us <laughs> the soup kitchen That's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> what it too is. soon?
2: Who could we possibly offend this time? Alright, let's place some bills, okay? You know what we're gonna talk about? It's Lightspeed aviation and our friends over at Flying Eyes. So over to our friends with Lightspeed Speed Aviation.
1: You've ever wanted a headset. Are you sick and tired of using the flight school headsets that have many ears, many ounces of sweat contained? So many in them? ears, so, so many much sweat, ears, so much earwax. disgusting And the boom mics that were definitely chewed on by somebody. Yeah, who wants that? Nobody. If you're looking for either an entry level ANR headset or a world class ANR headset, Lightspeed has you covered. Not only do they have those, they also have flight bags and other cool things that you can check out as well. So. Don't pass up Lightspeed.
2: And as we've been talking about, their new Delta Zulu headset, which is their type of the line headset, offers a lot of safety features such as carbon monoxide detection and the ability to play back your ATC audio. They also have certified pre-owned models as well as the opportunity to trade up from your old Lightspeed headset to the newest model. You can earn up to $400 in trading credits towards the latest in aviation headset technology. So, if you are interested in checking out a new headset, or even if you want to check out their flight bags and other gear, go ahead and check out our affiliate link down in the show notes. Okay, over to our friends over at Flying Eyes. I've had my Flying Eyes for a while now, and they are probably the best sunglasses that I've ever owned. They are super lightweight. They are super comfortable. And as we've seen in recent social media posts from Fly with Bruno, those things are virtually indestructible. You can inadvertently, or in his case on purpose, Uh, Put them under the tire of your aircraft, run them over, and you'll just have some scratches on the lenses. The frames themselves will hold up pretty well. And in the event that they do break, which according to Bruno's test, they probably won't, um, they also come with a lifetime warranty on the lenses and the frames. So if you want to check out these fantastic sunglasses and ditch your cheapo gas station sunglasses, check out our affiliate link for Flying Eyes, and you can get 10% off right now if you use our purchase code of FlyingMidwest10. If you're looking for either of these products and you want to help support our podcast, that's exactly what the affiliate links do by using our affiliate links that helps them track how much traction comes from our podcast to their sites. So that in turn helps sponsor the podcast. So check out both of those sites through our affiliate links if you want to check out those products and make a purchase.
1: If you don't want to make a purchase, say you already have sunglasses and a lovely headset, but you still want to support what we do, buy us a coffee, that kind of thing, think about heading over to our Patreon. We have multiple levels for whatever budget you may have, and that comes with varying levels of things you get from us, from blog posts to extra content, all kinds of fun stuff. We have a lot over there, over at our Patreon. So if you want to support us, please consider heading over on over to our Patreon, and we'll see you there.
2: Well, see you there. See you. <laughs> oh, no. We are wrapping up the summer months quickly, and before you know it, it will be fall and winter in the Midwest, so we're adding some new sweatshirts, hoodies, and long sleeve shirts to our merch site, so be sure to check out our merch, and if you want to help represent the podcast and enjoy the crisp fall air in style, check out some fly Midwest podcast merch.
1: And get it in the most obnoxious color
2: possible. <laughs> Absolutely. I think before we get into the interviews, we have just a couple more things to cover, including some congratulations that are in order.
1: Ladies and gents, I have some very important news.
2: I'm Spin it out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the man we know and love, Brian Turner, who is also known as just plain silly, has earned not one, but two ratings in the past. Two ratings. Week. Two ratings. Commercial single and commercial multi. Way to go, man. Way to go, awesome. Brian.
2: Keep chasing your dreams. I know that uh, this stuff is important to you. You got a lot of hours that you want to build up and a lot of things that you want to accomplish. So just another step towards those dreams. So happy for you and keep it up. I know we said we weren't doing news and events this episode, but um, I realized I was going to mention one specific event. Um, if you are in Minnesota, Wisconsin, or let's face it, we have airplanes. Let's just fly to Wisconsin. The Osceola Wheels and Wings event will be September 9th of 2023. And I will be finding my way out there to partake in that event. Um, it also is going to have an air show, which will feature the one and only Kyle Franklin and his crazy, zany aircraft antics, um, as well as flying pancake breakfast, an air show, and a car show, all wrapped into one. And the admission for that event is free. But um, I think the bigger draw of that entire event would be beyond all those things I just mentioned is, um, I'm going to be out there, so any of our <laughs> listeners that want to come out and say hello or visit or what have you, come on out. I'd be happy to meet with any of our listeners and chat, take some photos like we forgot to do it. Gosh, gosh. So hope to see you there. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna name the episode see Ya because of the amount of times that it honestly we've said see ya there or see this. Yeah. So without further ado, we will bring on the twenty twenty two AOPA CFI of the year and one of the Girls in Aviation Day organizers, Amber Peterson, and from MINDOTS Department of Aeronautics, and also the Girls in Aviation Day. Mina Carlson. Mina, welcome to the Fly Midwest podcast. And Amber, welcome back to the Fly Midwest podcast. Thanks
3: for having us. Yeah. Thanks for inviting us to come chat with you guys tonight. Happy to have you.
2: Yeah. Tonight, we're going to be excited to talk to you a little bit about um, just women in aviation and the girls in aviation day. So excited to have you. So I think, Amber, you've done this before, so you know what's coming next with our fast five questions. And that's our way to get our... Our guests and ourselves warmed up and do kind of a rapid fire ish questions um, where we ask you a a quick question. You can expand a little bit if you wish. Um, Amber, since you played this game before, I think that you could sit out unless you have something super awesome that you wish to contribute for an answer to our fast five question. Does that work? Sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Mina, you are in the hot seat. Okay. Favorite aviation movie?
3: Uh, I kind of like planes from back in the 70s and 80s, how PC it is. But, yeah, I like planes. Oh, airplane. Yeah, airplane. I, I,
2: I heard planes, and I was thinking Disney and Dusty Crophopper oh, Hopper. Yep, and yep, yep. Yeah.
3: I, and I like that movie, too. Yeah, because there's a line in there where the pilots are actually eating together, and the one of the flight attendants comes up to the cockpit with, like, a fish, and, like, it's, like, half decrepit, half, like, real fish. And on the Air Force side, we actually have Air Force instruction that says pilots are to not eat simultaneously because there's a potential for them to get sick. So it's funny to like watch those movies and see how it, you know, like we, us older ones um, in in the squadron know that that's a thing, but we reference it to the movie. And then we like see it in the black and white written for like one of our Air Force instructions, like pilots are not allowed to eat simultaneously. And then in the movie, they come up with like fish, and one of the pilots just is like, "Oh, I think it was a fish." Um, so one of the lines <laughs> in the movie, like, so it's just it's one of those things like, that we we reference it frequently.
2: Well, I think airplane in general is just a good thing to reference just on a regular basis. I bring it up work all the time, and I have that my job has nothing to do with aviation. So yeah. <laughs> My favorite is the, we just want to wish you both good luck. Something like that. We're all counting kind on of yeah. you. That kind of may idea. have
4: been said to me recently in the flight deck. and it, it's No good. kidding. Yeah. Long story short, I'm hand flying. There's an emergency coming then and it's IMC. And it was perfect because then I nailed it. And it really lit, <laughs> lit it up. But like the,
2: like nothing mood in the flight deck, but it was great. Like, <laughs> oh,
3: perfect. Nailed it.
2: All right, next question for you, Mina. If you could fly any aircraft, and don't worry about the maintenance costs or fuel costs, you could fly anything you want, what would it be?
3: You know, so for the longest time, it was going to be like a Christian Eagle or it was going to be a Kodiak, but last week or the week before when we were all out at Oshkosh at AirVenture, I went to one of the stole competitions.
2: Oh. And
3: Oh, yeah. in all those Cubs and um, the specially designed, uh, you know, Ultra ultralights on steroids that were designed to fly back country (laughs) yeah i'd do that i would totally do that so i mean you know your tastes evolve over time but yeah yeah totally do a stole plane right now that's an awesome answer
2: all right the next one kind of on the aircraft family of questions in your opinion what is the ugliest aircraft that's out there
3: oh my goodness see no one expects that
2: one it's favorite this (laughs) favorite that nope ugliest airplane what do you think
3: the ugliest airplane. Oh boy! In all honesty, they do an injustice in the military with painting everything gray or green <laughs> yeah, or black. Like they just i yeah. they ruined the planes, or they paint them in camo. Like I think that is an injustice to them. So um, this past spring, I, oh gosh, it was a Cessna caravan, but the Kenyan Air Force—they painted it in camel. It was like green a and gravel. Yeah, it was a caravan, and it was painted in green and brown camel Functionality, okay, whatever, but good lord. You know, the paint adds the flair to the, to the plane, the personality, the owner, etc. But Ugh. yeah, I think the military screws up. I, I guess I can say that out loud. <laughs> the military screws
2: up now, on their Anyone PT. who's been in the military for more than four seconds knows that the military screws some things up every once in a while.
3: <laughs> and the paint and paint heavy too, and they still painted that dreaded green or dreaded black or dreaded gray.
2: Just something a little more flashy, like like back in the World War II warbird eras, where they they'd have you know always yeah, beautiful
3: planes of, yeah. back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what happened?
2: Gray, like, gray as well. Gray. Someone bought <laughs> someone bought stock in that paint, and it was over. Some <laughs> yeah. congressman has stock in that paint. I guarantee it.
3: Yeah,
2: Amber, do you have anything to contribute for u- ugliest aircraft? I forgot to ask you.
4: I anything with um canards. That's my generic question. Answer on <laughs> that. Like just, My Dad
1: hates like the long easy. He thinks they're awful. I just like for no look reason at it other than that like, like, they're ugly. I thought this was a good idea. Yeah. And wasn't <laughs> recently
4: on your podcast that I heard it was like if you asked AI, like, how to make an ugly plane no. or whatever and somebody was <laughs> like, That was the response is
2: throw canards on it. It was like
4: nailed it. Yeah. That is exactly yeah. it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because we were talking about yoga poses. If she taught yoga yeah, at Oshkosh. Now, and, and they, <laughs> God, that, was
1: that would so be one funny. of the yoga
2: moves. All right, everyone canard. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so funny. So I'm going to punt on this. I, I was going to ask a different question, but I, you brought up a good question I want to ask you now, Mina. Um, favorite military aircraft?
3: I'm super biased right now. Uh uh-huh. so I am a military member and I am on a, um, I am on a flight crew. So um, my specific make and model is a C C-1, one Lockheed C one thirty, the Herc, and I'm on the H model. So I'm super biased. I have I have an <laughs> affection towards uh-huh. this make and model. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of military star power that we have that in airframe. I mean, the fighter jets. How cool are they? And look at the technology and look at the massive capability. Um, it's a unique. Flying platform. Um, look at some of the historical stuff, man. The histo- i could uh, talk days about any of the historical pieces that we still have and that still can fly. Um, you know, I'm partial. Maybe the P-51 Mustang is a beautiful. Just listen to that engine when it initially starts and in the purr uh-huh. of that engine. You can't get that in any other aircraft. Um, you know, other military. Like going up to a C-5, it's overwhelming. It's completely overwhelming. You're like, oh my God, somebody engineered, somebody designed this. And, you know, there's a crew that flies it. Um, they have to climb three steps, three flights of ladders just to get to the cockpit. So I just, you're in complete awe. Number one, that C-130, that, you know, that plane, I get, to, I get to fly around in every once in a while. But then I've got kind of like my warbirds um, and then I've got the monstrosities. Can I pipe in
4: with, like, my C-130 story from this weekend where... Um, yeah. no. Okay, yeah, well, we're going to tell it anyway. <laughs> so I've never been, like, I've been like, oh, cool, and you see him taking off and, like, flying over mini and all that. I was at Silver uh-huh. Rock Lighthouse on Sunday morning, and I'm uh-huh. looking north at the light, and I'm with a group of friends, and I'm not even going, keep, like, this thing must have been 500 AGL, 1,000 AGL, and you just hear it coming, and then it shows up, over split lock lighthouse and like flies the coast and it was just like all i wanted to do was have the biggest american flag i ever could and just like waved it it was so amazing and what the ramp in the back was open and guys were just hanging out there and i'm like oh this is the best story and maybe that was like my my like it's okay you didn't go to Oshkosh here's your little mini air show from yeah here's an air show just Um, for you it was so magical but you like you heard it and you're looking at the lighthouse
2: and here it comes and it was the best thing ever it was so that is so cool it was it was
3: say sound of freedom
2: what we have one more question on the fast five in case we forgot that we're doing fast five (laughs) Yeah, we've already got ting, 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 ting. The last question, if you could meet anyone in aviation, dead or alive, and have a conversation with them, would it be?
3: Yeah. What did Amber pick?
2: I mean... Did we ask you this
4: one, Amber? You did, and I had a random question. I'll give, uh, yeah, I'll refresh so Mina can think it was I wanted to meet who was, like, the flight engineer navigator at world war Two and like how to drop those bombs with your oh East yeah yeah, yeah. and like the map and stuff i found that yep. fascinating
3: so a couple of them that pop up um uh the guy who originally um the constellation he 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 invented the original constellation he was mad crazy um and i'm drawing a name blank on Oh his. i know yeah
2: who is that um
3: he did movies. He, like, built airplanes. he
2: It's not Howard Hughes, is it?
3: Maybe it might have been Howard Hughes. Hughes something. Back in the, he was a 40s, 50s person. Sounds like Howard um, Hughes. like the It Howard is 500s. Howard Hughes. Yeah, Howard Hughes. Okay. Yeah, so Howard Hughes. I just knew, I knew the name, but not the, or I, was, I could see the reference in the visual. Because he was, his imagination, he saw, he had something in his imagination, and he went after it, and he built it. Like, this was before we were we were regulated. This is before sure. we had, like, safety as a part of the conversation. <laughs> um, you know, if he could make it fly three and a half feet for 80 feet, he was good. Like, that was the, <laughs> that was the goal. And he went on to his next monstrosity. Um, and he enjoyed his life, but he was also addicted to it.
2: I was going to make a joke, but now you remembered his name. I was going to say, would your first question be, what is your name? Yeah. <laughs> I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I... <laughs> I'm yeah. really inspired by you. What is your name? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mina, um, you did a great job. There are no prizes and there's no points, um, but thank you for playing along with the Fast Five questions. I enjoyed it. Should we get into things and cover our uh, the topic for the evening? Yeah. Let's do it. So, Amber, we've already
1: spoken to you about your um, history in aviation, but Mina, it's your turn. Could you tell us a little bit about your aviation background?
3: I'm in a unique situation I think with where um my careers and I do say careers because there is a military one and there is a civilian one. Um did I know that that was going to be how it's going to end up 20 years ago? Absolutely not. Um so with that being said, on the military side, I'm a flight engineer on the C130H models based in Minneapolis. I'm with the 96th Airlift Squadron. So um otherwise known as a flying bike. I've been on three deployments in the last four and a half years um, with the squadron um, in the eastern part of Africa in a country called Djibouti. Um, and we were present and we were a front row witness to all of the political events that happened in Sudan this past spring. Uh, so it's interesting to, you know, be in a, a frontline, front seat type position in a in a flying position. When a, and when a world event happens like that last year, we were the first response unit for the hurt community when the whole Ukraine thing um, squared away and started off. I call it Europe in the spring last year. However, you know, the undertone uh, was a little bit more, it was a little bit different. We were supporting all of the, um, all of the NATO efforts with the Ukraine event. And then prior to that, I was in another fabulous place. I call it my, my fall vacation in the desert. So um, <laughs>
2: and,
3: we, we gotta, we gotta make, we gotta make light of these things. <laughs> so, gotta um, do something. Yeah. Right. Um, So, yeah, a a year prior to that, I was over in a country called Qatar. In that capacity, it's a totally different walk of life that I that I engage in um, just as a military aviator um, and also being a woman military aviator um, and then being a female flight engineer in the Hurt community. So if you were to look at all of our numbers, um, and who is doing what and who is where. And, well, I think hopefully our conversation later tonight will get into some of that workforce conversation, uh, either civilian or military. But um, on a civilian side, right? So, like, I, I'm a reservist. And the whole entire thing about the military thing, they say one week in a month, two weeks a year, not as a flyer. As a flyer, I'm, I'm down at base a minimum of six times a month, um, if not more throughout the month. Flip my hat, put on my civilian hat, um, I am with Minnesota Department of Transportation, uh, specifically Office of Aeronautics. Um, most recently, I was working as a heliport inspector for the state, um, and we've re- pivoted and um, re, kind of reassigned my tasking within the office and where office is investing and wanting to get into the outreach um, and make our residents aware of aviation aero education opportunities, um, both within state and like externally, um, as well as how does aviation impact our state? Um, those are some unknown factoids uh, within our flying community, as well as our young person, you know, kind of we're pivoting and changing, like, wh- where can we go? And, and one of the reasons why is because I, I get all of my extracurricular activities that I'm partaking um, kind of highlight some of these things that I'm passionate about. And that's just promoting the aviation stuff that happens in our state for instance i'm the event director for girls in aviation day here in the twin cities um which just happens to be the largest you know one day aviation event of its kind in the world
2: in the world wow yeah
3: in in minnesota right like what's going on in minnesota like how do we get there (laughs) so um that's me it's very cool to have a
1: government (laughs) entity say hey what you do is neat. Let's do more of that. Cause that doesn't happen very (laughs) often. Yeah.
3: Especially with airplanes. Right. Right. So yeah, well there was a couple instances over the past year that my boss was like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, "Uh, I gotta uh, do some other stuff outside of MnDOT. And he's like, okay, what is this all about? So he got tapped in and he was kind of interested. And we've had um, some leadership tap into as well within DOT. And they were like, Hey, we understand that transportation is a, is, a viable resource for workforce. And so uh, it, it's a big picture, right? A big mm-hmm. global picture. And then they're kind of uh, peeling away the onion layers. And oh, yeah, by the way, aviation needs workforce. How do we tap into that What's yeah. the conversation? Like, so that's kind of where it stems from right now.
1: Amber, not, I didn't want to just brush you off. It's been a while since we've had you on. Do you have any fun life updates to give us? No, well, um <laughs> <laughs>
2: no,
1: nope, I'm doing the whole Probably
4: a uh, regional pilot thing, and it's everything that I had hoped it to be, which is wonderful. Because I think last time we chatted, I was still living the reserve life. Um, yeah, I which think is so. Not everything that everybody wants it to be. And then I see i <laughs> too much on the side, you know, because I love flight instructing. So that's kind of kind of the deal. My boyfriend threatens that I need to stop doing so much. <laughs> so there you go. And then I do Girls in Aviation Day. Yay! Yay! But it's it's okay. also rewarding when you see um how much impact we're making to um the little people that they are.
2: I love that you still fight no. instruct that much on the side. I think we all know that there's so many instructors out there that hit their fifteen hundred hours and turn into a pumpkin and off they go. So I love that you still have that connection to helping pilots and and getting them, you know, through the progressions of becoming a pilot and and the stuff you do with um, the girls' in aviation day and all that stuff. So
3: Thanks. Amber's fantastic to fly with. So if you ever had a chance to fly with her, this goes for anybody. She's a fantastic instructor. I mean, she helps me float all of my landings. We never touch <laughs> oh, <my laughs> around. I have a few certificates that say I'm supposed to be able to touch a ground by now. So. <laughs> <laughs> the comfortable cockpit with Amber. She's not.
2: So let's talk a little bit about um, Women in Aviation International, which is, if I'm not mistaken, the sponsor and what's behind the Girls in Aviation Day, right?
3: So Women in Aviation International is an international organization. It's uh, headquartered in Ohio almost three decades ago, if not maybe four decades ago. And it was because women have been in the industry for close to 60 some years I mean we've been around since the dawn of aviation but just she noticed that the trend wasn't that gender diversity wasn't happening Um, so she created an education to self-promote and educate inspire um, get involved expose the different careers and so that was the that's the initial intent of the organization and then um, it spread the messaging has spread they you know went ahead and started creating chapters um, here in Minnesota, we have a local chapter. It's called Stars of the North. And then I think globally, I think Amber, you have those numbers. How many chapters there are globally. But like, like
4: the number on yeah. the website was fourteen thousand members. We're in yeah. seventy eight countries. And then, yeah, there's thirty nine chapters in the Midwest. So a good amount of chapters in the Midwest, really, yeah,
3: you know, it's a place for women and men to come together to seek um, education. Um, education being like, hey, I'm interested in aviation. Like, I just don't know where to go or what to do. Um, mentorship, where you know, th- there that's going to be a trend topic for the next several years to come. I think you're going to start to hear about mentorship and how to um, retain, you know, young persons within the industry. Um, you know, I think it, it's just more than a um, more than just a organization, an organization, international organization. There's a lot of initiatives underneath that umbrella.
1: When did you both get involved with uh, Women in Aviation?
4: So I got involved. I was down on Sun and Fun when I first was thinking of flying again and my cousin's daughter, um, was like, you should join women in aviation. Like it'll like with networking and with some direction and some help on like what so many of us run into, like, how do I even make this happen? Where do I start? So I literally just signed up for national down at Sun and Fun. And then, um, Got involved with Stars of the North six or seven years ago now, um, really just with their Girls in Aviation Day and how much, how impactful the potential it was. And I really honestly just wanted to like get more involved in the community and saw that that was in our area, like our big event where we spend a lot of time with that and interacting with other folks. So that was how I got involved with Women in aviation.
3: And mine was a little bit different. So, um, I went to school. I went to a private aeronautical university down in Daytona Beach, Florida, um, where Peggy was actually an adjunct professor at the time. So, and she had one of the founding um, chapters in Daytona Beach. So, my exposure started in college, and you know, and in, in at that time, going to college, you know, there, there wasn't that very many females at all. So, to find a student org that actually promoted women, it, it wasn't, you know, I didn't recognize it as. Um, the name women in aviation it was just women in aviation if if you can kind of decipher the the difference um, just because like you know where I went to school um, I was like the only girl for vast majority of my classes so just having that support that was literally my exposure and that's kind of where I started.
1: Yeah I've heard really wonderful things about women in aviation in the 99s and all those women or- organizations I follow along I just broke cfi life i can't afford any uh extra things so i follow facebook's and i think it's neat <laughs>
4: yeah and
1: that's kind of that's what so many people
4: do and because yeah. like, i'm on like those other organizations too so i I've, I've chosen kind of like our local chapter to be my actual in-person and impactful but just like rolling out with the, what you said maddie is there's so many people that are interested in it and i'll talk to people be like oh oh you actually need me or there's actually like a thing where people do it's like yeah yeah like get We're off in. of facebook come join us um <laughs> interact hit an event do whatever and i understand the cfi life 100 percent, where you you have enough time to like sleep maybe shower and go to work um <laughs> but you know um individuals that perhaps have more time or individuals that know little people with that um would be interested in our our big event of the
2: year um it'd be time to kind of break away from the facebook and head on out to meet us
1: yeah absolutely
2: so you two are pretty involved with the stars of the north chapter um so what kind of work is going on in the midwest with that chapter and with women in aviation international
3: so that's like a two-part question um and i'll talk to women in aviation in the midwest on the first level um there are chapters in their, um, probationary, um, all throughout the Midwest. I think Amber alluded to close to 40 some chapters within the Midwest, um, territory. So there's chapters coming out all the time and they're joining the bandwagon and initiative getting girls in aviation day events in their, in their local area. Um, but some of them are brand new. So let's take it down to the local level where stars is, you know, a, a larger chapter. We have, you know, a membership of what several hundred folks um perhaps inactive active you know kind of ebbs and flows throughout the throughout the year um we get actually invited to talk to and mentor other chapters so for instance madison has reached out numerous times and asking like hey you guys do this how do you do the event thing or or how you had this type of um partnership and you guys did this workshop how did that work and You know, recently, Fargo started a brand new chapter. I think it was Fargo or Grand Forks, right? Some volunteers reached out, got through all of their charter process. um, And they said, "Okay, how do we have a kickoff meeting? Just how do we even get people to a kickoff meeting? What do we do? And really, and uh, several of us took that opportunity to run with it and kind of um, host and guide. You know, as our chapter has become well known within the Midwest, other chapters are you know that's the thing we all network we all reach out to each other we all kind of like lean into each other's expertise and products that are available so that you know the big umbrella part of it where you know WAI is saying hey create a chapter you know become a voice become a resource etc and then you have at the local level where you know we're we're definitely a conduit from left hand to right hand and trying to make that you know that organization thrive and stay in business yeah and like with that a little add-on is so we've
4: had one of the like longest running girls in aviation days. And so some of the first attendees, like when they were teenagers, they're now in college and now in college chapters and spreading kind of that wisdom on as well. So starting to see moving the needle um, towards more women getting involved from the folks that we impacted in our girls in aviation day and then expanding it up throughout the Midwest and the country for that matter, which has just been really, really nice.
3: Yeah, go find a local chapter and join a chapter
4: <laughs> or become a. You can find a local chapter at our national. It's pretty easy to navigate to, and then you can find a local Girls in Aviation Day um, as well. And there's, I I, I did the, I counted there's 22 Girls in Aviation Days in the Midwest area. Just and in the
2: Midwest. that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome.
4: so you can find one huge. in state if not within an hour's drive. You know, mm-hmm. so definitely folks should attend. We do the biggest. Um, we like to think the best. Some of them are only, you know, 25, 50 people, but it's all about yeah. moving that needle. Yeah. If it yeah. wins.
1: So, enough feeding around the bush. Let's talk about Girls in Aviation Day. What is Girls in Aviation Day? Could you tell us a little bit about how this event works? What you do for it?
3: Uh, we're, cu- we're turning the corner on almost 10 years. This year is going to be year number nine. Um, But 10 plus years ago, and Peggy was still, um, you know, with the organization before she retired, the data was still showing that females, while we've now been in the industry, um, you know, since the dawn of, you know, dawn of aviation, um, the numbers just weren't moving. And I think if you look at the whole tier structure of like, well, you know, except for the the segment of flight attendants. The rest of the industry and all the jobs, um, we only make up about 20%. Females only make up about 20% of the workforce. And if you start breaking down those numbers even more, you know, at that point, you know, 10 years ago, I think we only had 5% in commercial airlines, uh, less than half of a percent in tech ops. So, I mean, the numbers just weren't moving, right? Um, so, she, her thing was, how do we get there? How do we get there? You know, we're going to have a, the baby boomers are going to start to retire in about 20 years or so. That talked about pilot shortage was a thing 10 years ago. Um, so in those conversations was, okay, how do we introduce aviation? How do we get the word out about aviation? And that was the goal. Um, it, you can have a normal job in aviation. You can be a marketing person. You can be an accountant. You can be a business fi- business fi- finance person. Um, you just work in a unique environment. How do we get that message out? Um, how do we engage sought after pilot you know, with a young person? So Girls in Aviation Day was born, like I keep on returning back to that inspire, engage, interact, expose, you know, like just grab the young person, inspire them, and engage them. Now we're finding out through like, you know, this year being our ninth year that we have to look into mentorship and we, for retaining and then, oh, by the way, if we're now mentoring and we're retaining. We have to like sustain that. How is that sustainable? So, how do we get now private enterprise? How do we get government involved in that? So, the conversation for Girls in Aviation Day on a global scale, the initiative, what, the initial initiative was let's just get the word out that this is a viable industry to take a career in. Like, that's a big global picture with Girls in Aviation Day. So, it's really
4: just exposing the young people to the idea of aviation in multiple aspects. So how can people help? The biggest that we ask is spreading the word. A lot of what we get is a couple of weeks after the event. Oh, I wish I knew this happened. You know, so-and-so would have loved to come. You know, my niece would have loved to come to spread the word, socials, word of mouth, school back to schools would be great. Volunteer. We really need your help volunteering. Um, Do not need an aviation background. If you do, that's great. But, you know, we need people checking people in, um, etc., and then um, if you do have a cool aircraft at all, we'd love to have you still. Um, and then last but not least, of course, um, if you're able to donate, we would love that. So a little bit about our event itself. Um, we have essentially five main areas that I'll speak to. Um, first of which is the exhibitors. So we bring um, different companies and organizations in from around the area. Uh, right now we are up to i believe it's 120 people that'll be speaking and gosh it's got to be 40 or 50 organizations and that's anywhere from our 121s um our endeavors our deltas uh we've got flight schools from around the area we've got flight universities from all over the midwest so that'll be coming in. mndot will be there um some of the cool um kind of niche careers i'll call them so your lifelink pilots your dnr will be there on um, that kind of stuff i mean seeing that lifelink chopper when it comes in is honestly so cool how those those individuals can move that aircraft and i think helicopters are beating air to submission so what i think it's cool <laughs> it's pretty cool the talent of those folks so um You know, honestly, the high school folks interacting with those organizations is absolutely great, as well as the little people seeing that, oh, wow, that pilot is a woman and that is potentially something I can do. Um, Drones will be there as well. Yeah. So that's kind of our exhibitors that takes up half of a very large hangar. then the other half of that very large hangar is on um, the education. We rebranded it as our discovery hangar this year. That is my baby, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, so we have depending year to year, somewhere between 12 to 15 activities um, for the, the young people to engage in. Um, and so we break it up like historically um, we obviously have kind of your piloting activities we also include mechanics activities aerospace stem activities quality so just a sampling of what we might do is I mentioned that mechanic shortage we're going to have two different mechanics activities this year um, one of which is um, if anybody's seen up a mechanic use lock wire and that lock wire tool to kind of twist it up it's pretty yep. cool we have them put beads and charms onto lock wire, use that tool, make a bracelet, and they, we, so we sneak that stem, that mechanics skill into that activity. And we've got, you know, like a caliper out for them to look at in some pictures and we try to get whatever female or male mechanics are there that actually talk about what they do and how they could get involved in it. We sneak STEM into something called our Bernoulli cannon. So we put smoke gun in a big garbage and we pound out smoke at the girls, which is just fun. It like excites them and it gets them excited about aviation. What's that? It's Bernoulli. Yay. <laughs> um, so that's really some, I, some of the things that we do um, that we sneak STEM and education into our different activities. Um, so that's our educational area. Then you go outside and we have all of our static aircraft, somewhere between like 10 to probably 25, 30 statics outside. Um, Last year we had a Herc, which was the most successful um, of the activities where the girls could actually go in and talk to that entire workforce. Endeavor brings in a CRJ 700 as long as they can. Lifeline comes in with their chopper, DNR. MAC, the Minneapolis Airport Commission, comes in with their snow plows. They get to paint a plow. Um, it's all pretty much exciting. It's it's entertaining. Our fourth big thing is something we call Crooked Path. We introduced this uh, last year. And as most of the snow, getting to a career in aviation is not clear cut. It's not, I want to be an accountant and I go get an accounting. So what we do is we get a panel of uh, female professionals up. That um, the girls, they'll talk to their journey, their crooked path, if you will, words of wisdom, um, and take a Q&A um, from the individuals at the event. So that's more of um, probably more of a junior high, high school type of forum, but we're excited um, for that. And it's definitely very successful last year. Um, last but not least is our Rising Star program. And I guess the biggie we haven't talked about is this entire event is free. This is like a mini air show and the entire thing is free. Um, You get free, free crafting, free walk around an airplane. Um, It's really cool stuff. So um, this last part is a rising stars program. It's for high school age um, girls. And it, this does have a cost because it's extra effort involved um, with it. But the great thing about this is the girls are going to be, what is it? kept it 20 is that right Mina
3: this year yep 25 25 25
4: yep so they're going to be able to network and interact with other girls that also want to be in the aviation field which is the big thing they don't they're not going to feel alone they're going to have other individuals on their socials that they can text back and forth with hey what are you doing or where are you going to school or oh my gosh I soloed that kind of excitement and realizing that they're not in this female-only bubble uh, or the non-female bubble is is so, so important to keep them engaged and feel like they do have a community. Notice how I have been in general saying people or, you know, little individuals. We do welcome boys um, to our event and men as part of Women in Aviation and our and a lot of people ask why or can I bring my son? Um, and the answer is very much yes. We we welcome all. And um, for me, when I walk into the cockpit of an airline and I'm about to honestly probably sit down next to a man, I would like whatever affirmation I can have that I'm not going to be judged because of my jitter. And so if we can expose men and boys um, to female pilots, to female aviators, to women in engineering to become that more accepting acceptance of it, then that's only going to help me as I walk into the cockpit as well. So that's my selfish on that. Um, The second thing um, is really just letting little boys know that women can be aviators and can be in aviation. Scary fact is, uh, one of my cousins, she has an eight-year-old son, and she announced to her sister that women cannot be pilots.
2: And, oh, that's helpful.
4: Yeah, yeah. right. So, uh, he, her, his mother immediately signed him up for the first girls in aviation <laughs> day. <that happened. laughs> like, let's change that, right? But it was one of those like she talked about. Him. She's like, "Do you know your cousin Amber?" and Your cousin, um, another female cousin, like our pilots. He's like, Nah, I've never seen one. I was like, Yeah, because he used to walk around the airport like for four days and got stranded in Atlanta and never saw a female pilot. Oh wow. Um, so that was uh area right there of yes, we do need to let the little boys know too that Mm -hmm. women can do this. It's totally cool.
2: So there's something in our talking about Girls in Aviation Day that we didn't cover. When and where is this event occurring?
4: It is September 23rd, um, and the majority of the national and worldwide events are also September 23rd. Um, Ours is from 10 to 3 in Eden Prairie at the Flying Cloud Airport. It'll be on the south side of the airport, and um, one of our great sponsors, Jetlinks, is allowing us to have the event there. Um, And there will be signs to help you bring in as well.
1: How many people are you expecting for the event? We're hoping to have
4: 2,500.
1: Oh, wow. That's awesome.
4: Now, and like like we said, that that we are the biggest. We like to think the best in the world as well. But even if you're just going to like a 25, 50 person event, you're the kids to get uh, an experience out of it. But yeah, ours is, is big. And it's right around, you know, for those of you in the Midwest, right, right over the corner. It is not a fly-in event, just to clarify that. Um, unless you did agree to show your aircraft as a static.
3: Awesome.
2: No one wants to see a sundowner, so it'll be fine. (laughs) I'll just keep my sundowner at home.
3: (laughs) I'm just going to add, Amber, you may not have been aware of this, but we are going to add a forum um, to our schedule. We're just going to jam-pack more stuff into our schedule. It's it's specifically geared towards the parents. Um, Like I said, talking earlier about the feedback, the feedback I received over the last two years is my daughter's really interested in aviation, but I don't know how to support her. Oh. So we're going to do a forum. We're going to do a forum and say it's specifically for the parents. Hey, your daughter's interested in aviation. Now what? Parents are super stoked to see that excitement in their daughter. Um, and a lot of them don't know what to do next. What, what yeah. happens next? So especially if they're not from an aviation community or have tapped into it or they're not in the community themselves, Um, there's a hurdle. So we're going to try it. We're going to see, you know, what type of response we get and see what the parents have to say and then we'll give them some tools. That's awesome. I think we have, it's a missed opportunity if we didn't at least try to have a conversation with the parents.
2: Oh, for sure. That is a great idea. Especially because,
3: you know, teenagers, although
1: like teenagers are tech savvy nowadays, like most them can use the internet, it's still not an easy, like, oh yeah you you just go to school for accounting just like like amber said it's not mm-hmm. that easy and especially getting started especially knowing like the ins and outs of like even something as simple as MedExpress, like mm-hmm. because of you know the stuff nowadays like i'm not going to get into the medical stuff but that was just an example you know parents don't know they'll you know they're told to be honest so they are and then you know their kid is going to have problems not because of any fault of anybody but you know, having right. that guidance, yeah. and getting started, getting plugged into a school and getting a ground school and all that stuff like that is going to be super, super helpful. I think that's lovely that you guys are doing that.
4: Um, we do highly encourage folks to sign up ahead of time and you can find that at stars of the dot org and then click events and you'll see girls in aviation day Like I said, it is a free event. But if you sign up ahead of time, um, that's really going to help us plan numbers. And then also, you know, there's always that little bit of a sign your life away that we have to do in this day and age. right? And if you click that ahead of time versus at the event, it's just going to save everybody some time. Um, So we definitely encourage everybody to sign up in advance. If for some reason you can't, we don't turn folks away at the door though.
3: So as of yesterday, we had 11 rising stars already signed up and we had oh, wow. 600 persons already um, registered. Wow, that's great. That's fabulous. Yeah. So Very we are good. well on that track to get at 2,500 mark. Um, so, you know, some of the just random stats out there. Uh, this team um, of 11 or 12 people throughout the year probably produces about 800 volunteer hours wow. for us to create our event. Um, that's not including the army of volunteers this event requires. Um, on average, our event now has grown. We need about 250-275 volunteers day up Oh
1: wow!
4: To
3: help us manage the event. Yep. And it's- we
4: only have 40 right now. That's another 200 we need. Yeah. that? No. Little-
3: yes. Volunteer registration is wide open.
4: Um, Even <laughs>
3: So, I mean, it just and it's a volunteer event, right? So you got to think it. of like, okay, how are we putting this together on a volunteer platform, volunteer basis? Oh, by the way, it's still free. It does come with a standard show budget. So that's where kind of Amber talked about, you know, we have, um, we have a lot of conversations throughout the year, um, talking to donors and sponsors sure. getting this event and the intangibles that those companies get. Um, so, yeah, so there's multi-facets that happen throughout the year. Our girls in Aviation Day. I'm super proud of our team and I'm super proud of, you know, the product that we produce and the notoriety that our event gets on both a national and a global scale. Like I just I, I get enthusiastic talking about it. Good.
1: We need enthusiasm. We, we need do. enthusiastic people talking about aviation. It's not this stuffy, you know, boring, you know, old boys' club
3: thing. It's it's well, the
1: coolest it's the coolest thing ever.
3: Yeah. So to your point, that culture shift, that, converse, mm-hmm. that the, the element that's missing in the industry right now is culture, like cultural mm-hmm. shift that is needed. Like you're going to see, I think in the hopefully the next five years is that conversation about cultural shift. Aviation in its birth was the good old boy club because that's how the system was designed. Um, women today, you know, fast forward, we we don't want to be excluded. We want to be carved in, Right. The plane, if you look at the plane, the plane doesn't care who designed it, who engineered it, who flight tested it, or who is manipulating the controls. The plane doesn't. It is us that have segregated. And now we're just like, so the conversation I think you're going to start to see is about that cultural shift in terms of like, yep, you're just going to carve females, um, the whole conversation in, you're not going to carve them out. And guess what? You're qualified. You belong right there where you're where you're applying and moving forward to. You're going to get carved in.
2: But, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Well, Maddie, I think it's time.
1: I think it is also time.
2: I think we're going to start with Mina. Do you have an unpopular aviation opinion? Yeah. Let's see mm. if we can piss off in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: know. I was like, I'm going to watch my word. Um, I... George Jetson, right? I grew up Watching George Jetson, I actually I love George the cartoon. I love the whole concept. Um, I like the characters. I like the little bubble thing he flew in. It was amazing. Okay, now let's go ahead. Forty years, because realistically, that was only forty years ago that that cartoon existed, and that cartoon actually placed itself in today's today's timeline, like in the twenty in the twenties and thirties and forties. We're in a day and an age where the technology. Um, you know, in our lifetime, the folks that are here in our lifetime, we're witness to this frontline technology that's this emergent technology. We may not see this again except for supersonic flight, right? Supersonic flight will eventually come back, but we've touched the moon, we've been to the moon, we got that technology, we understand the flight safety of it, and we understand the risks of it. So that's a part of, you know, the generation before us. We're you know, we're witness to this emergent technology with this drone stuff. There's a lot going on in it. Um we have we know all of our safety stuff. We've got experts in the field that know our safety stuff. We've got a government agency that is employing all that safety stuff in the rules around air travel in our airspace. Um, we've got a lot of innovative thinkers. We've got, you know, 300 different designs that are out there. None of them have been flight test approved yet. Um, we've got just a lot of kitchens in the cook, uh, or a lot of, what is it? We've got a lot of, <laughs> of cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, cooks in the kitchen. yeah, yeah, cooks in the kitchen. Um, it's a messy conversation right now and it's fast and it's furious. Um, the technology is faster than the other folks that need to be in the conversation can support it. So it's going to get there. It totally is. You know, like George Jetson made it so like George Jetson loved, he lived that lifestyle. So we're going to get there, but just this interim process and I'm i I'm a witness, right? I'm not a player. I'm a witness, but you know, I had this, this, this time with the heliports and how they're going to like play into the conversation, um, on a local and also on a national scale. And just, I'm, a, I'm on, I'm on the sideline. It's a tough conversation. And then plus you've got some of the old adage of like, man, you need to have a pilot in the, in the cockpit. It cannot be like you. So I was like, huh? Well, George Jetson was in the cockpit, but then he wasn't because his car just showed up. And, um, <laughs> and you've got a lot of great, of you've got a lot of great platforms that are coming out, like. You know, UPS, um, Amazon Prime, Uber—like they've all bought in, lock, stock, and barrel, and they're in. They're in it. They're researching. They're developing. They're they're in test. They're you know grabbing test airspace. They're doing all of that type of stuff. So, it's coming fast and furious. But we just we have a lot of different like players, and it's just it's a sloppy it's a sloppy attempt. But you know, here we are in the midst of it. We're you know we're a decade into this. You know. EVTOL, toll, you know, unmanned um, systems, and I don't think it's where it needs to be. But I just because I think it's like I think it's I, I think it's a mismanagement.
2: I think that you've got some good points there. That, that there is so much happening all at once, and mm-hmm. some of those things aside, I think there's so many different aspects of certain federal aviation administration agencies. That's just I totally named them, and I wasn't going to. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try that again without naming the FAA specifically so they don't come after (laughs) me with the FISDO. What did you do? Yeah. We heard what you said on your little podcast, and I'm just going
3: to be oh, you (laughs) listen. Yeah.
2: There's there's a lot of players, and I think that certain agencies are having a difficult time keeping up with all those changes.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not for a lack of smart people. Oh, I don't. They yeah, have, absolutely. They have those think tanks all over the place, but we also know our industry is a safety born, safety driven industry. Like yeah. you know.
2: All right, Amber, round two of your unpopular that, aviation opinion.
4: My um, unpopular aviation opinion is that we are pushing uh, kids towards getting their degree and being a pilot, and. Uh, in my unpopular um, opinion is going to university is great, but you should get your degree in something else because you don't know you want to be a pilot and you don't know what you have kids if you're going to want to be a pilot. And you don't know if you get in a car accident when you're 23 and you lose your first class medical, what your options right. are going to be. There's no real advantage to going to school to be a pilot. Um, it's usually more expensive. And then that is what you have your degree in. And um, you don't have other options associated with or not as many, per se, if you were, say, to get your accounting degree, right? Sure. <laughs> so that's, I try to push um, individuals to Part 61, if it is in their financial means, uh, to not get the financial aid for that. For that reason, um, you just don't know. And I'm fine with people now in their 20s, they're like, yeah, and this is something I thought it was going to sure. be. And
2: you're like, ooh, <laughs> that's too bad. Like, you just <laughs> spent a lot of money to figure that out, didn't you?
4: <laughs> I'm sure. Dude, yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. Uh huh. So that's my unpopular that- um, professional opinion.
2: Yep. My only thing I'll add on to that is in my profession, too, like something that I was taught pretty early on and um, some of the like resiliency and mental health and wellness stuff in our profession is that have a backup plan. Every five years, reevaluate your exit strategy. Because yeah. if you get in a wreck, if you get hurt, Heart. what is your plan? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm.
4: Yep.
2: 100%. Thank yeah, you so yes, much for coming, for coming on. on. and
4: Thanks so much for It's been a pleasure them.
2: meeting you, Mina, and always a pleasure having you on. Am. I almost called you a different name, but your name is for sure Amber. But, that's fine. That's fine. All right. Look forward to talking to you again sometime. All right.
3: Yeah. I'm excited. The podcast. Let me know. Send out the link.
1: Oh, you I'll will listen. for sure
2: get that. All right. Thanks both so much, well. both of you. All right. Have
3: a
1: great
2: right. right. Bye. Good night.
1: Bye. Well, thank you, ladies, once again, for coming on this episode of the Flying Women's podcast. I, for one, am very excited for Girls in Aviation Day, although I will not be able to make the Minnesota one. I'm going to try to work with my local women in aviation chapter to try to get ours down to Wichita going.
2: Yeah, they talk about the Minnesota One. It's a great event. There's a lot of um, great things they're pulling together for that. So certainly if you're in the area, um, encourage you to check that out. And we can encourage more girls and ladies to get involved in aviation. But also, this is an international event. So if you're looking for um, an event near you, we will put a link in the show notes for where you can find more about Women in Aviation International.
1: Well, Jim, this has been really fun. But we're always looking ahead here at the Flying Midwest podcast, so what's in store for next episode?
2: That's a great question. Our next episode, uh, we recorded live at AirVenture. It will be with Penny Levin, who is a psychologist and a CFI. She's also a safety consultant who works alongside the Air Safety Institute from AOPA. And she's going to talk to us about some of the uh, mental toughness and mental health issues facing aviation today.
1: So we already talked about it, so I won't bore you with it again. But if you would like some merch or to support us on Patreon, the links will be in the show notes. We would love your support.
2: Sure would. And if you are interested in being a future guest on the podcast, or if you have an episode idea or just want to reach out, you can contact us on any of our social medias or at podcast at gmail.com. Oh. We really
1: appreciate y'all.
2: What? Before we end, there's one thing I have to read to you. Oh. This is really important. Everyone, s- stick around for a second. We have email to read. Out. We have an email? Yeah. We got an email? We did. Oh, my God. Speaking of, if you want to reach out to the Flying podcast, we have an email. I got to pull it up here. Dear sir or madam, I think it's really both. It's me and you. I would like to take this opportunity to comment on the quality of the Flying podcast merch that we have received. I find my shirt to be relaxed, tailored, and ultra comfortable. My wife remarked that her shirt, was as perfect as perfect gets. What with it being soft but stretchy, a little longer than a standard t-shirt and figure flattering. She is so looking forward to wearing her flowy tank top, as it is versatile enough for a workout or a night out on the town. These shirts are by far the finest aviation t-shirts we own. We realize that there are other aviation-related t-shirts available online, on sites that brag men's premium t-shirts in stock, we will print as soon as it is ordered. But I think that's a bold statement and is just plain silly. (laughs) Ha 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 Just plain silly. Once again, let me thank you for the quality products you have made available. When will cat sizes be available? So it's just a. Wait a minute. This is my dad.
3: <laughs> is it?
2: Uh, down at the bottom, a picture of my father wearing a Flying Midwest West podcast t shirt and his lovely wife, Deb. Thanks a lot, Dad. We appreciate the email. Um, if people who are not my dad or Maddie's parents could email us or contact us, uh, we sure appreciate it. But hey, thanks for the great review, Dad. Glad you appreciate the Flying Big podcast merge. <laughs> thanks for your support. All right, now we can be done.
3: Oh my
1: gosh. Here I thought it was gonna be Brian.
2: No. no for
1: some reason. I don't know why. Thank you everyone for sticking around this long. We appreciate your virtual attendance. <laughs> and until next time...
2: Yeah, it's okay. Virtual, what? virtual. I didn't know we were taking roll. Is there a quiz after this episode? Or
1: <laughs> well, if you keep talking about it, there will be. All right.
2: Well, uh, quiz next episode, and if you could all read chapter three for um, our Penny Eleven episode, we sure appreciate that too. All right. Until next time. See ya. See ya.
1: <laughs> God. Uh. Come
2: on, that was a fun <laughs> ending. Five Thirty
1: Six, contact
0: Minneapolis
3: Center One Three Two Point Three Five today.
0: Thanks so much for joining us on the Flying Midwest Podcast. Until next time, podcast service terminated. Squawk VFR. Frequency change approved. Good day.
2: We'll get towards this episode's feature presentation. That's stupid. The whole thing was stupid.
1: All right, this episode we are going to be talking about girls in aviation. Wow. It started out strong and then I totally went.
2: You did. I'll let this you try episode? again. Thank you. Yeah. Hey. We're going to talk about something else. Something to bit, bit. We're going to talk yeah, about something,
0: something
1: else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm. I talk. Oh my gosh. Words are hard. Words are really hard. I spent all my wording today.
2: It, this has gotten out of hand, Maddie.
1: Uh, you know what? It was never in hand to begin she with. Said, <laughs> no, why don't I keep saying it like that? Oh, my God. Uh.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I feel like I'm drunk without any of the effects except for word vomit and nothing. none of it's helping.
2: Thanks for that bit. I appreciate that. Right. I'm going to use that later. I think we recovered that fairly well, didn't we?
1: Yeah. Somehow you did a great job. It. Thank
2: you. And you can get 10% off now if you use... Uh, damn it, Maddie. What did I do? You didn't do anything. So,
1: can't wait to have them on. They're, it, it was really fun to record. Mm, let's say that. Can't wait to... Uh, let's just take a pause. Shut up. Okay.
2: Breathe, Maddie.
3: i are going to hear that later. I'm
2: yeah, okay? probably. I, I have moments where I'm like, I can't remember. Yep. Yeah. not me. I never make those mistakes or forget anything. Just don't cross-check that with my wife; she will deny it.
4: As far as um, let me can I say um anymore? Like just I'll just <laughs> you say, can. It, like, say it as five many times, times as you in want. A row. Um,
2: uh, sure. <laughs> She is still looking forward to wearing the flowy tank top as a versatile enough for a workout or at night. <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Next up, Flodman with Podcast Laundry. Yeah. <laughs>